Hello, my name is David Coletta, and I'm the senior leader at Mission Community Church. Before you begin watching the Sermon of the Week, allow me to pray that you might encounter God right there where you are. Father, I ask that your spirit will be present right where people are watching this video. May they be receptive to the voice of your spirit as they watch in Jesus' name, amen. From all of us at MCC, may God bless you as you watch this week's message.
Good to be with you. You can hear from my accent that uh, I'm from the other side of the pond. Uh, there's a little country there called uh, England, uh, and that's where I was born, and uh, my wife Irene. As you can also see, uh, I'm not in the first flushes of youth. Uh, in fact, uh, we left 70 behind a few years ago. Um, but uh, God is still using us and, uh, uh, and blessing us. My wife Irene and I, uh, for us, 1970 was a significant year. Uh, two things happened. Uh, one, we got married, so we've been married 52 years uh, this year. And the second thing that happened was we uh, commenced our ministry. We began to lead a church just in the north of London, uh, and so we began a journey of serving God uh, and began a leadership role that uh, we've carried out uh, ever since. Uh, God has blessed us with children. Uh, we have four uh, married. Uh, we have seven grandchildren and four great-grandchildren. So we're building a bit of a dynasty. And as I came in uh, uh, this morning, uh, I was greeted by two lovely smiling ladies and they asked me if I was a father. Uh, and I said yes and they said, uh, pick a letter, choose a letter from here, uh, there's a message for you. And I took my envelope uh, and I sat down here and I read it. And whoever wrote the, uh, uh, the message to me it is incredibly prophetic. Whoever put that together, I want to tell you, it is astounding. I was so taken by it that I showed it to my wife and she read it. She said, that is amazing. So uh, I want to commend you. Uh, whoever uh, was involved in the putting together of the... I hope not everybody got the same word. Uh, I assume that... But it was like this was written for me and uh, for us and where we're at. So bless you. I, uh, it just affirms what I can feel and sense that uh, there is a real sense of God among you. There is a hearing from God. There's an open ear to hear and an open heart to receive and that uh, uh, God is working uh, and moving here um, in this place. As we were uh, worshipping, uh, and the, I don't know who chose the songs today, um, but uh, the first couple uh, and then into the third song, this whole thing of, uh, um, you know, the battle and being in, in, in a kind of a sense of warfare, um, as we were singing that, I felt God dropped a prophetic word into my heart and then David came and brought that word about breakthrough and I just want to affirm uh, the correctness of that. You know, it says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. And uh, as, as we were singing those songs and about being surrounded by God, I had... Uh, uh, and I guess uh, pretty well ev everyone in this gathering is in some form of battle over something. But uh, I sense that there are some people here in this place who, who are struggling in the heat of the battle. You're right on the front line and you're facing stuff that is being thrown at you. The, the fiery darts of the enemy uh, are, really, uh, are really hot at this time. And it's like you're on the front line and, uh, and you're feeling the pressure and there's a temptation to give up or to give in or to turn aside or to find another way. Uh, uh, but I believe God wants to, uh, to uh, come to you today with that sense of affirmation 
and to encourage you to stand still. You know, it says uh, uh, in, in 2 Chronicles 20, when Jehoshaphat is faced with this incredible enemy, there is no way this small bunch of people, the, the army of the Israelites, can handle this massive army uh, that is against them. And the prophetic word comes, and it says, the battle is not yours. And then these words, stand still and see the salvation of God. There are three or four people in this gathering who are right on that front line facing this extraordinary heat of the battle. And God says to you today, stand still. Stand still and watch me move. Don't give in. Don't step back. Don't turn aside. Don't find another way. Face this thing and stand in the power of God. Stand with the armour of God on because I believe you are going to see the salvation of God. And, 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 and there's a sense of you're going to immediately see the salvation of God. This thing is going to turn around. It's going to change. And although there are so many things being thrown at you at the moment, God is going to come and you're going to see them one by one fall as you stand and just trust God and believe God. There's breakthrough coming. I just want to affirm uh, that word. You know, I've been married for 52 years to my wife. She's, uh, she's been such a blessing and a support and we've worked together and served God together. And God sometimes uses her in the prophetic word and I think she has something uh, that uh, might be a prophetic encouragement to you um, this morning. So do you, do you want to come, Irene, and say hello and just bring what you feel God has given you? Thank Bella, can you see now? <laughs> Good morning, everybody. It's just a delight to be here. Over the last few days, God has been saying something to me. And I've jotted it down. And I'm going to bring that today because I really feel this is a word that's developing in me. So it's in its early embryo sort of state at the moment, but you're going to get that. And I want to encourage you to really listen and ask God to show you more, because that's where I'm at. I need God to show me more to complete what he's saying to me. In the book of Genesis, chapter 9, verse 16, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, When I see the rainbow in the clouds... I will remember the eternal covenant between God and every living creature on earth. After the great flood, God broke through the clouds and brought his word to the creatures of the earth. And we know the story. The kids learn it in Sunday school. It's a very popular Bible story of Noah and the flood, how that God came and brought his promise. I was just thinking about this, the rainbow. I felt God had reminded me of the rainbow. And in the world, men have taken the rainbow as a symbol, using in a logo of a business or sometimes using it in a way God never intended it to be used. I feel and I sense that God sent the rainbow not just to remind us of his promise but to show us and speak over his world, his intentions for his church. The rainbow has seven colours, perfect number. In the red, it displays his love and how he sent Jesus to die for us. How the blood of the Lamb made atonement for us, bringing for us salvation 
and making a way for us to enter into his presence. The yellow displays the glory of God. His intention for the church is to display the glory of God. As we worship him, he wants to manifest his glory amongst us. In the pink, God's intentions is that we love one another as we love ourselves. And as God loves us, pink also speaks of friendship, affection, harmony, inner peace, and approachability. The green speaks of a new life, new growth, and new birth. It also means resurrection, the word of God, praise, prosperity, new beginnings, flourishing, and restoration. This is God's intention for the church. The orange represents the glory of God. It represents the fire of God, deliverance, and passionate prayer. I believe God wants to show his glory among you in healing, deliverance, freedom, penetrating into people's lives. The purple represents royalty or priesthood. You are a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God, to display the splendor of God. It also means mediator, prayer and wealth. You may feel you are not worth anything, but I want to tell you today that you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God. The blue displays the beauty of the heavens. The Lord is seated with Christ in heavenly places. It also speaks of the Holy Spirit and how the Lord desire that his church be filled with his spirit. A measure of all these things is given to each one. I believe this is God's intention over and for his church. We all have a part to play in displaying his glory on the earth, displaying his glory here in Charlotte and all the surrounding areas. I pray for your church here in Charlotte, Lord, that your glory will be seen, that each one will find their place, that each one will know the part that you have chosen for them to play in your plan. I speak blessing over your body here. I speak blessing over the womb of this church. I speak new birth, new life. Yeah. I pray salvation to come to this house. When you see a rainbow, declare the power of the Lord in the heavens or in any other way. When you see that rainbow on a flag or a poster or in the heavens, declare the, the, the power of the Lord and God's, declare God's intentions for his church. I believe there's more that God wants to say. When you see a rainbow, remember God's intentions for the church. It's not just a promise that he's not going to flood the world again, but it is him speaking to all mankind. This is the intention for my church. Lord bless your church. Amen. 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 Wow. Hey. Bless you. Thank you. Yeah. Ah, so January this year, um, I was preaching in London on the Sunday and uh, that meant we had to leave our home in Southampton right on the south coast 
uh, and spend the evening uh, or spend an overnight uh, with with someone from the church before we ministered on the Sunday. And uh, I was in my office uh, getting ready to go, packing my bag, getting my notes together, uh, my Bible together. And as I uh, as I was standing there, uh, I felt God speak to me. Now, God doesn't speak to me like God spoke to Moses in the film, The Ten Commandments. I don't, I don't know why it is, but it seems on all the films, God speaks very slowly in a deep ba- bass voice. Have you noticed that? You know, whenever you hear God speak on the films, it's Moses. Moses. I want to tell you, I've never heard God speak to me like that. Anybody here heard God to speak to them like that? Uh, now, God just drops thoughts and words into, into my heart, and I just hear his still small voice in my ear. And as I was uh, getting ready to, uh, to pack my things up and get ready to go, I heard just this simple statement, sit down at your desk. And I thought that was a little strange, but uh, I've learned to just respond. And so I sat down at my desk, and as I sat at my desk, there's kind of a question. I have these conversations with God. I said, God, so I'm sitting here, okay, Uh, what now? And uh, I felt the Lord just say, look up. Now, my office has been in this place for five years, I've sat in that desk pretty much every day, Monday to Friday, uh, at some time for five years. uh, And there's been the same picture on the wall for five years. uh, But it's the first time I've really taken any any notice of it. And I looked up and this is the picture that uh, was presented to me. It's coming up soon. (laughs) And it's a picture of an eagle soaring into the heavenlies. And the Bible verse over the picture is this, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. And I I read it and I saw the picture and I said, yes, Lord, that's your promise. That's That's what you promised will happen, that we, your people, will soar in the heavenlies. And and then I just began to uh, extend the conversation I was having with the Lord. And I said, but Lord, right now, it doesn't seem like too many of your people are soaring in the heavenlies. They want to, uh, but this COVID thing has just knocked all the stuffing out of them. They're they're struggling to break through. They've been through two years of restriction and lockdown and some have lost uh, uh, relatives. They're grieving. Other people have have had this COVID thing and are still struggling to, to rise up and break through. There's hardly anybody who hasn't been touched in some way by this thing. And I believe they really long to soar, but they're not soaring right now. And uh, uh, I feel like God is just talking to me about that and I'm, I'm saying, God, you know, uh, uh, I know there are people who are really looking to break out of this, uh, of this season into a new release of the life and power of your Holy Spirit. Your church has taken a battering. I don't know how it's been here, but we took a battering in the UK and Uh, And there's so many people who are beginning to come to life again and looking to soar, but they ain't yet soaring. And I'm having this conversation uh, with the Lord. And and then he says, um, look to the left. And there on, on the left of me is another picture of another bird. And this is the picture that was there, been there five years again. A different picture, not the eagle soaring in the heavenlies, but the dove coming to land. And this Bible verse over the the picture, speaking of Jesus and the Holy Spirit came down in a bodily shape like a dove on him. 
And I just felt God speak a simple thing to me. He said, if you want to soar like the eagle, you got to have the Holy Spirit like a dove come upon you. As the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there will be a rising up and we will be enabled to soar into the heavenlies. That God, God wants to take hold of us and, and give us a fresh invasion, a fresh touch, a fresh anointing of his Holy Spirit so that we might fulfill what he's called us to be, that we might be what he intends us to be, which are eagles soaring in the heavenlies. And I saw, I saw a picture of a chicken. A chicken can't fly. A chicken scratches around in the dirt uh, for something to eat. And there's, I felt there's believers who are like chickens. They're scratching around. They're still looking around them, still looking for help in this place and that place. But uh, uh, their, their eyes are not heaven-bound. Their eyes are earth-bound. And they're really struggling to, to get through and to get by. And then I saw a picture of a sparrow. A sparrow can't fly very, hard, very far. Uh, and, and in order for a sparrow to fly, I don't know if you have too many sparrows here. England is full of sparrows. Uh, uh, but to, to fly, they have to work so hard. Have you seen? They flap their wings so hard that you can't even see it. And they can't fly very far. And I thought there's a whole heap of people trying in their own strength to fly. Their hearts are right and they want to soar like the eagle, but they're struggling somewhere in the middle. They, they've kept hold of their faith. They've kept hold of their sense of God. Uh, but what they need is a fresh touch of the dove to come upon them in order that they might catch the wind of the Spirit and soar into the heavenlies. And I felt God drop into my heart that, uh, that I need to encourage his church to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Develop a new sense of the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, the beginning of relationship starts in, in, in conversation, in talking. I don't know if you know this, but uh, God wants to speak to you, every one of you. He wants us to learn to hear his voice. In fact, Jesus was very, very clear. In John 10, 27, he says this, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. This is a statement of fact. My sheep, what do my sheep do? They hear my voice. Are you hearing his voice? Because Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. I know them. And then he said, and they follow me. Huh. There's a progression here of having open ears to hear, of hearing the voice of the shepherd and doing what he calls us to do and us following him. My wife went to Israel a number of years ago, visited a uh, well, she did the tour, uh, and then she visited um, some missionary guys up in the northern area of Galilee. We'd sent them out from our church, uh, and they bought a farm. And this guy, Stephen, had become a farmer, uh, and uh, he had sheep, so he was a shepherd as well. And so one afternoon, uh, while Irene was there, she went out into the field uh, and she was reading and uh, it was late afternoon and Steve, the shepherd, came out and he said, um, it's time for the sheep to come back into the fold. Uh, he said, um, will you call them? And uh, so Irene called the sheep to come back into the fold and they didn't move. They kept on eating the grass. They totally ignored her. And so he, he, he was just, uh, just winding her up, we say in England, you know. And, uh, and so he said to her, 
Speak louder, they can't hear you. So at the top of her voice, she shouted, Sheep, it's time for you to come back to the fold. And they took absolutely no notice of her. And then he said this, now watch this. And he began to sing, I don't know what song, one of our songs, you know, this is the day, this is the day. The moment he began to sing, she said that the sheep lifted up their ears, they lifted up their heads, they turned round and they followed him back to the pen. Hey, my sheep, hear my voice. And so there's this, this, this wonderful communion that we should be enjoying uh, with the shepherd. You know, Paul was so concerned about the believers in Ephesians 1 that he prays this prayer that they might know God better. If you read the verses, one, uh, Ephesians 1 verse 16 to 19, he, he talks about the eyes of our heart. Uh, uh, being opened. He talks about us knowing God better, about us knowing the power of his resurrection. And uh, I, I just have this, this awareness that so many believers are living below the poverty line and they're not hearing the voice of the shepherd. They're not following the shepherd. And here, uh, I believe God wants us to open our ears to hear and our eyes to see uh, that he is there for us and that he wants to come upon us in a fresh and new way by the power of his Holy Spirit and cause us to soar like eagles. Hebrews 1 uh, verse 1 and 2 tells us that God still speaks, that God does speak today. God who at many times and in many ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken unto us by his son. My sheep hear my voice, says Jesus. Because Jesus is no longer with us on earth. He died, he rose from the dead and he's returned to the right hand of the father. So how do we hear his voice. Now, how do we hear from Jesus? How does he convey to us? Well, according to John 16, verse 13, Jesus himself told us how we would hear his voice. And he speaks to us by the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who communicates the heart, the mind, uh, and the purpose of Jesus to us. Jesus, the head of the church, speaks to us by the Spirit. <laughs> John 16, 13 and 14. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Listen to this. For he will not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, this is the Holy Spirit, whatever the Holy Spirit hears, he will speak. And he will announce to you things to come. This is Jesus speaking. He will glorify me, for he will receive from me or of mine and will announce it to you. So we hear from Jesus, we hear his voice, we hear the voice of the shepherd by the Spirit. That it elevates the importance of us having a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit in order that we might hear the voice of Jesus. And so relationship with the Holy Spirit is absolutely essential for effective and fruitful service for God and life. Everybody needs a personal, powerful baptism in the Holy Spirit because that's how we hear him speak. That's how God communicates to us, whether that's through the word or a visitation from an angel or into our own hearts or through dreams or visions. It's by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been released on the earth and he's active in the earth, conveying the heart, mind, purpose, love and nature of God to us. And so he talks to us and conveys to us the heart of Jesus. We see that right through the scriptures. When Jesus was about to leave 
uh, he spoke to his disciples. I, I love the, the chapters, John 13, 14, 15, 16, and then into 17, where Jesus, alone with his disciples, teaches them about the Father, teaches them about the future, uh, and then teaches them about the importance of the Holy Spirit. And in John 16, 7, he says, it's really important that I go away so that the Holy Spirit comes. And he says, the Holy Spirit, who is just like me, is coming to take my place. You need him. He says, he, he is with you and he shall be in you. You've seen his work because I'm full of the Spirit, Jesus is saying. You've seen his activity, but now the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to dwell within you. And on the day of Pentecost, ha, when they were together in one place, in one accord. That's why I believe you're ready for it because I have this sense that God is, is building you together as a people. There's a, there's a sense of harmony and unity. And when they came together in one accord, uh, uh, suddenly, oh, suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the place where they were sitting. God, send us an invasion of the Holy Spirit. Fill this place where we are sitting. And there appeared on their heads flames of fire. Oh, how about that, guys? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. There's a cry in my heart for the dove of heaven to come upon us for a corporate outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon MCC and churches everywhere that are open to him and are crying out to him so that we might rise up and soar like eagles. Excuse me, getting excited. Yeah. Whew. So the disciples saw it. They were part of it. In recent days, you know, as I've been pursuing this, this passion to see a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, I was talking to Ty uh, because I heard his heart about seeing a manifestation of healing, the power of God, you know. Uh, four years ago, uh, my wife and I felt God talk to us because we'd seen too many people taken out, too many people dying of cancer and not being healed. So we made a commitment to pray every Friday night for an outpouring of the miraculous power of God to see God moving in healing power. I want to tell you the stuff that we're facing now won't be one. We won't change things by argument. You know, we can have all these discussions about about all the issues that are facing you and facing us in the UK. I mean, you think, whatever next? You know. But the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit, miracles being released among us, cancers being healed, blind eyes being opened, the lame walking. I want to say every mouth will be stopped and the glory and manifestation of God among us in a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit will result in an ingathering. Uh, it might result in persecution as well, but uh, I don't know about you, but I'm ready for that. If we see the glory of God, if we see this rainbow expression of God released among us. I've been reading recently and, and God brought, uh, how am I doing? I'm all right, am I? Okay, yeah, we're okay. Yeah, I got till 11.30 or so, right? Yeah, that should be enough. Yeah. Been reading recently about people that God took hold of and used and you, you guys here in the, in the States, yeah, you had two particular heroes in the 19th uh, century. And I've been reading about Moody and about Finney. You know, and they were so different, these guys. But both of them had a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit. It's recorded, documented uh, on, on, on the, um, if you don't believe me, on the PowerPoint there, I've, I've actually got a whole kind of script, but I don't want to read it out to you tonight, uh, today because of the time. But look at that guy. I mean, he don't look much, does he? 
<laughs> he left school at 13 and became a cobbler. For those of you who are young, let me interpret that. That means he, he, he mended shoes. He had very little education, but he met Jesus. His Sunday school teacher led him to Jesus. By the time he was a late teenager, he had started a Sunday school in, in Chicago. As he moved into his 20s, he began to move from kids to adults and, uh, and the, 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 the Moody Bible Church, which still exists, was established in Chicago. But he worked hard and in his mid-twenties, by the time he got there, he was, he was worn out and burnt out and two lovely old ladies came to see him and said, Mr. Moody, you need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He said, I haven't even heard about it. And these two lovely old ladies uh, began to pray with him, and they prayed together for Moody to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Moody was coming to England, uh, and he was walking along Wall Street. As he walked along Wall Street, it's suddenly, <laughs> suddenly the Holy Spirit fell upon him as he walked down Wall Street and he, he turned off and he, he knew somebody who lived nearby and he knocked on their door and he said, can I have a room? I, I need to be alone with God. And for five hours, God downloaded upon him the power of the Holy Spirit. He speaks about waves of love that came all over him. He talks about crying out to God, God, I can't can't take any more <laughs> as God filled him with the Holy Spirit he came to England and filled the biggest hall in London the Albert Hall uh, he was so powerful and impressive made such a uh, 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 an impression upon the nation that that Queen Victoria asked for a, uh, an audience with him and an appointment with him and he prayed with Queen Victoria can you believe that you you know you were named after Queen Victoria's eldest daughter Charlotte don't you yeah but it brings history alive to us of the impact of a man filled with the Holy Spirit. That it brought him this cobbler before kings to share and queens to share the gospel. Yeah. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of people met Jesus through Moody, this man filled with the Holy Spirit. And Finney, well, Finney, he wasn't a cobbler. Finney was training to be a lawyer. You know, so here we've got an intelligent, educated man. Uh, and he's training to be a lawyer. And uh, he, he meets Jesus and his life is transformed. And he hasn't even heard about being filled with the Holy Spirit. He didn't know anything about it. He hasn't read the latest book. By the way, my book's about the baptism in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit. Yeah. And uh, as he sits in his room, the Holy Spirit falls upon him. And the he writes, the, he describes what happens as this, again, four or five hours of download as the Holy Spirit comes upon him. And it's so powerful that he says this, and he says, uh, I bellowed out with unutterable gushings. What a phrase. I bellowed out with have you ever bellowed out with unutterable gushings you have that's good well there's more for you as well I can't think of a greater description of tongues but uh, hey we don't know but that's how he described his encounter similar to Moody that powerfully changes him and he walks into a factory after he's been filled with the Holy Spirit and it's uh, it's full of uh, uh, women who, you know, are from broken lives and whatever, and they're working in this factory, and uh, uh, it's a really horrible situation, and he walks into this factory, and the Holy Spirit is so powerful upon him. It's all documented. Read his, read his book. And as he walks into this factory, these women begin to go to fall to their knees, and begin to sob and to be, begin to cry out to be saved because they come under conviction just by the presence of this man. I've just, just completed another book uh, written uh, about Smith Wigglesworth. Ah, he's an Englishman, yeah. He's from Bradford. He was a plumber. When he got filled with the Holy Spirit, he could hardly read and he was in his 50s. 
and from the age of 50 till 87, he goes around the world moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, seeing the most outrageous and incredible miracles. And he, go, he went to Sunderland in 1910 and he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he came back and before that he hadn't been able to speak or preach and he could hardly read. But on that Sunday he stood up in the chapel uh, where he came from, the small chapel, and he, he began to preach and in the middle of his preaching his wife stood up and she pointed at him and she said, that's not my smith. <laughs> Because the power of the Holy Spirit had transformed. Are you up for that, guys? Because I believe that's what God wants us to do. And so it's not just here in the book. It's in history. It's amongst the church. God wants us to enjoy and know a powerful, powerful explosion of Holy Spirit life. Yeah. I want to make five comments about what I believe God wants to do for us at this time. Five things that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to come and do. The first one is this, and this is particularly appropriate uh, today, Father's Day. Romans 8.15, he wants to reassure you of your relationship with him. Some of us have lost our way and we're like the chickens scratching around in the dust because we've lost all sense of his presence and all sense of communication with him and we've lost that sense of being his children uh, of him being our father and so Paul says in Romans 8 15 for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but you have received the spirit of adoption by which we cry out Abba, Father. You say, oh yes, I believe that, it's the scriptures. And we believe the scriptures here in MCC. Well, I'm jolly glad you do. I do as well. But this is more than a fact or a truth. This is an encounter. Look what it says, by, by which we cry out. Abba Father. This isn't just words written on a page. This is an experience of knowing that God is your Father and I sense that some of us have lost that. We've, got, we, we've lost the assurance. And, and once you know that God is your Father and you're assured that God is your Father, uh, some of the other things that cause us to fear, you have not received the spirit of fear. So we come to a new place of trust and, uh, and reliance upon God and instead of the fear of catching COVID or the fear of losing your job or the fear uh, of what's happening with all these prices going up and, uh, and the fear uh, for your kids or the fear of this and that, God says, I'm your father. And when you get that revelation and it comes by the Holy Spirit, not just by reading a verse, it comes into our hearts and we say, Abba, Father. And some of you here need that reassurance today. Need to know that you've received the spirit of adoption. This is not blasphemy. This is what Paul says later on in Romans 8. You and I are as much a son of God as Jesus is because adoption brings us into a total place of sonship. And he goes on to say you are heirs, joint heirs with Christ. That's why I made that statement. Wow. We cry out. Abba, Father, some of you need to know that sense of God. He wants to reassure you of your relationship. He wants to refresh you. Some of you have just lost your way and just need that refreshing dove of the Holy Spirit to land upon you. Ephesians 5, 18, 19. 
Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, being refreshed and renewed. I've been filled with the Spirit for 60 years. I was a teenager when I was first filled with the Holy Spirit. When I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I began to speak in other tongues, the guy who prayed for us, he said, now every day, you need, to, we, you need to use the language of the Spirit in your devotions. You read the Scriptures, you pray. Make sure that you are refreshed and renewed by speaking in, in tongues every day. I want to tell you, most days of my life, there's been very few days when I haven't exercised this wonderful ability God has given us that is part of this wonderful refilling, refreshing uh, of the Holy Spirit, the answer to depression and, uh, and self-pity and when you're, getting, when you're feeling low, to shut yourself away with God and to worship Jesus and then as you worship Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and from deep within you begin to speak in the language of the Spirit and feel refreshed and renewed. It says in 1 Corinthians 4, 14, 4, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. That means you Build yourself up. You put on spiritual muscle huh? as you receive the Holy Spirit. So God wants to refresh you today. He wants to remind you of his prophetic promises, of the things he said to you. John 14, 26, uh, in, in these chapters, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit coming to remind you of what Jesus has said, of what God has said. And you know what? I, let me just say this. COVID hasn't changed God's prophetic purpose. What God said to you before COVID is still true. The prophetic words over your life have not been changed because this thing came along and touched us. God's prophetic promise is still true and I believe the Holy Spirit wants to come and remind us of what Jesus has said. So John 14 and verse 26, he says this, he says, these things I've spoken unto you uh, to, while abiding with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and he will bring to remembrance all that I said to you. And so we have the word of God, uh, but we also have the living prophetic purpose of God that the Holy Spirit wants to bring to your remembrance. Some of you have laid down uh, the prophetic word because of, uh, of the pressure of the, the last couple of years and the Holy Spirit wants to come upon you. Yeah, he still means what he said about that ministry he wants you to fulfill. He still uh, means that, that uh, you would fulfill that vision that he's given to you. Huh, he hasn't changed his mind. So that's the third thing. So the Holy Spirit wants to come, reassure you of your relationship, refresh you, remind you of his prophetic purposes. He wants to come and empower you. Guys, you can't do this in your own strength. So many of us are like sparrows. We think we've got to do it. We really do, and we try our best, and, you know, we flap our wings. Uh, and we, we, we get, you know, we get somewhere, we do some stuff, but we don't soar. We need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. What Jesus promised us was this, you shall receive power. You do know that Greek word that's used there is the Greek word dunamis, from which we get our word, dynamite. This is explosive. If you haven't yet had that explosive encounter, you, you need to press through. Don't be satisfied with something that's ordinary. 
You know, somebody laid hands on you, said, receive the Spirit. You said, okay, fine. And you walked away and nothing happened. I want to say that Jesus said you will receive power. There is an impartation in the baptism of the Holy Spirit that changes our lives. I was a 13, 14-year-old going nowhere. I was struggling to live for Jesus in the early 60s. All the pressure of the Beatles and all that stuff and, uh, and all the kind of standards being being challenged and whatever and here I am a young kid really struggling to live for Jesus knowing I want to but being pulled this way uh, and that way and I went to a meeting and the guy uh, brought well he didn't know he was prophesying he says there's people here and you're struggling and you're striving and you you, you want to make it and you want to follow Jesus but you're really struggling for that what you need is to be filled with the Holy Spirit and there was a great big yes in my spirit I need the power of the Holy Spirit to live how God wants me to live it wasn't an optional extra number four the Holy Spirit empowering you and of course number five we're right back to where we started the Holy Spirit enabling you ha they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. The dove of the Spirit coming upon you, the Holy Spirit causing you to rise up, your wings stretching. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint I believe this morning God wants to come upon us the dove of the Holy Spirit wants to come upon us to enable us to soar into the heavenlies like the eagle ha maybe one of those five things particularly touched you one of those areas reassurance of your relationship with God refreshing enabling his power and there's a cry in your heart i need a fresh encounter with the holy spirit hey thank you for watching the sermon of the week we pray that you were blessed by it and you felt prompted to act upon what the spirit of god was saying to you if you live in the charlotte area we would love for you to come and worship with us at one of our weekend gatherings that way you can find out more about our church family and what we value most We encourage you also to give to our ministry so that we might continue spreading the gospel of Jesus to our city and throughout the world. To do so, you simply go to missioncommunity.cc, click on the Give button, and the rest is simple. Lastly, I would encourage you to check out the remaining content on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to subscribe. That way you will receive all of the reminders for fresh content that we put out. Have a wonderful rest of your day. May God bless you and thank you again for watching this week's message.